0: Hey guys, Dan Walshman here. Welcome back to the of Conversations podcast, a short podcast for you today. Not because I don't have a lot to say, as you know, but just because I'm moving uh, very quickly, but I didn't want to let a day go by without getting on the mic and making sure I challenge you guys daily, daily. As you know, this month, we're talking about relationships and relationships. If they're great, they're great, as Dane Cook would say. Uh, if you don't know that, have you never if you ever heard the comedian Dane Cook talk about relationships, as he says, which is uh, where all good relationships uh, go to die, then go on YouTube or one of the other places. And it's probably not good for kids, <laughs> so if you have kids around, turn it off. I do promise that you will chuckle because it's it's absurd and it's true. Anyways, I, I whenever I think about relationships, that's one of the things that pops into my mind. You know, relationships are hard. There's nothing I'm going to tell you this month that you don't already know. What's shocking this morning is as I was I spent the last two two hours two and a, two and a half hours in this in the library just writing and as I was writing a couple things the thought hit me you know the stuff that I'm writing about I really don't do that well here I am writing about relationships and like I should be the last person in the world writing about this sort of thing right it's not it's not my forte still not my forte um, and then the thought hit me that. You know, there really isn't much um, that we don't already know about relationships. And I think it's like one of those get rich quick schemes. We've somewhat been diluted by the whole Disney fairy tale sort of sense that if, you know, you find the right person, by the way, it's not just romantic relationships. It could be any type of relationship, whether it's work, that if you just, if if you're in the right relationship, everything is easy. It's kind of like that discussion we talked back in January about purpose. If you have purpose, all the problems go away, they magically disappear. Uh, as most of you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer, and um, I, I don't really talk a lot about my faith, but one of the things that shaped me as I went through seminary was, uh, one, uh, my my own sense of relationships. And I'll be personal here for a minute and share with you that, you know, well, growing up, so my, my parents were both very, very good people, uh, believers as well, raised us uh, Baptist, kind of go to church mo- like multiple times a week, all that good stuff. And I don't remember, I guess my older brother does remember them fighting a lot, but I don't remember ever my parents really fought, uh, kind of whatever my dad said went and he wasn't really loud. He just kind of, this is what we're going to do. And my mom went along with it. It was kind of that, that way. What's funny is the roles have reversed. I feel like now my mom is the one who calls the shots and, and all that good stuff, but I don't know. He he would probably disagree with that, but anyways, they just had a pretty pretty decent relationship, and and what I mean by that is it doesn't mean everything was happy go lucky and we had lollipops every day and there were no problems. It just means that somehow they they navigated through it, and I wasn't thinking that my relationships were that much work because I don't I didn't see or think or feel that you know my my own situation my growing up. That it was that much work it didn't seem hard now i'm sure my parents would would radically disagree with me if i if i had the courage to say that uh the boldness to say that you know the relationships weren't weren't hard work i bet it's just as much work for them as it was it is now for us now but the conception i had was that you know you you find someone who's awesome and adorable and you marry them and then life is great and of course that's just silly and naive right it's just not not how life life works at all and then you know as i've gotten older and and i'm almost 40 and you know you start thinking about you know just you know lessons that you've learned and and kind of mistakes that you've made that you don't want to repeat again and again not not necessarily regrets cuz i don't i'm not a person who has regrets but there are lessons you just i don't want to be dumb enough to have to like do that again right why would i if i already made a mistake boom move on don't do it again that sort of thing and I, I guess that, the, that one of the big things is learning that you know, what you put into it is what you get out of it, right? That relationships are really hard work and really rewarding at the same time. Uh, it's nice to know that someone has your back. It's nice to know that someone is there who can, who can help you, someone that you can help. Some, it's nice to know that not everything that you would do is all there is out there. Uh, in other words, for me if we're up to me, I'd probably be in my room all day, either writing or doing videos or, or, you know, creating content that are running. And when you've got someone who has different ideas and different values and different things like that, all of a sudden it can get, it can, it can be, it can be a lot more fun, right? It can be a lot more fun. Now you have different things you're uh, turned on to and and you see life in, in a completely different way. A couple of things changed for me. And I want to, I'm coming to a point here uh, that I thought would be of value to all of you. Number one was this. Again, I said this was a, a short short podcast, but I want to leave you with a tidbit. Probably uh, six months ago, and maybe more than that, a year ago, in and, and talking with my therapist, he said, have you ever done a personality profile? And I thought, eh, Myers-Briggs, you know, what, what kind of crap is that? I'm Dan Waltzman. I don't do that stuff. But then I took the test, and it, it really opened my eyes. I, I came out at INFJ, introverted, nurturing. Uh, f is feeling, and J is judging. So it's it's a personality that has like 1% of the entire population. It's really weird, and I've always known I was weird. But then f- finding that, having that, opened my eyes to, okay, what else is out there? Well, one of the articles I was finishing up reading today, writing today, excuse me, uh, I put a suggestion in there about. There's a book that Gary Chapman wrote called The Five Love Languages, and you don't need to read a book. You can, if you want. There's a test. If you go to five dot com slash quiz, I believe, and if you go there, you'll it'll ask you ten or fifteen questions. What you know, A or B questions. Which do you prefer, A or B? None, neither of them are wrong. But when it's done, it will tell you your scores and 12 is the highest, and then from there it goes all the way down. And so for me, uh, my love language 10 was acts of service or, or, or getting things done together. Seven well, out, of, out of 10 was words of affirmation, five was quality time, and and then physical touching was four, and receiving gifts was number four. Not sure what all that means, to be honest with you. I'm still working on some of those things. It might be interesting for you to go take the quiz yourself, and see where you, where you come out, kind of what are the things that make you tick? And how would you know if you're going to improve your relationship? How would you know if you are improving it? Here's what's interesting about, about this is that I think the more you're in tune to the fact that your relationships need work and you're in tune to the fact that you can actually make a difference right? You have the control. And if you stop making excuses and just put in a little bit more effort, you can, you can make a difference. Then you start becoming a little bit more curious. And that's what this is. So if you're a little curious, go to fivelovelanguages.com and type in, I think it's quiz. Let me just double check. Oh, excuse me. Fivelovelanguages.com slash profile, profile. And, uh, and, and, and just take the quiz. If there's a big button uh, big button in the middle of the page, learn it. And what's interesting is this. everything we're going to talk about here today or the, the next few days over the next month are things that you know. You can't get more out of something than you put into it, right? You can't make change unless uh, you change, right? And you can't expect other people to do what you're not already doing. You just can't. And so those are those are some lessons that that make a big difference for you and how you're behaving, how you're acting, how you're, how you're doing things that, that have the, the, the greatest impact on, on you and your life. Here's the, the, the big thing, the biggest thing, I would say, is that we often, in the busyness of getting to where we wanna be, make choices that are just bad. We make choices that are bad. That's essentially the nuts and bolts of why we have bad relationships. So we make poor choices and then we end up not liking the relationships we're in, but they're the relationships we've created. And that's what's interesting. It's a small point, but I think it's a powerful point that you are in the relationships now that you've put yourself in. No one puts you in those relationships, but you, if you don't want to be in those relationships, either change those relationships or get out of those relationships, Right. It's on you completely, 100%. Uh, I don't say it from a point of anger. I just say it from a point of realization and maturity that if you want to change, you can. And there's nothing stopping you back from massive amounts of progress if that's what you choose. So I'm going to leave you with that today. As I said, short episode, short idea. I just wanted to get it off my chest and tell you that, listen, you are right now in the relationships that you've created. My dog, each night, He's a miniature doctor. It's not mine. It's actually my son's. He goes up to the bed and you hear him scratching. And all he's doing is moving the blankets to make this little bed that he's going to sit in. And that's essentially what you and I are doing. Each day, we're scratching the sheets, moving apart the pillows so that we can have a, a place to, to sit in. And that's, a, that's, that's the bed. You've maybe have heard someone say, you've made your bed, now sleep in it. That's what the bed is. The thing that you have made. And so if you don't like it, Change it. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Thanks, guys, for hanging with me for a few short minutes today. I know it's not the longest episode, I, it's just something I was thinking about. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow with some more insights, um, some ways that you can start building healthy relationships. I think we're going to do a two part series on that. And then moving forward, we're going to dig into some pitfalls to avoid. And at the end of the month, I think we're going to have a game plan for all of us to know exactly what we need to do in order. To have the relationships that we all want. Meanwhile, if you don't have your March calendar, go to calendarofawesomeness.com. Go grab your calendar there. It's just, it's a great way to, to, if you're working on goals like relationships, to stay on course and do things that matter. Okay. From now until the next time we talk, we speak, we share a podcast or a blog post, be awesome and stay edgy.